You're listening to the Bumbling Yeti Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This is John at the Bumbling Yeti Podcast, episode number 62. Shout out to Jason Kelsey, the best number 62 that has ever played. Uh, We'll just say on the Eagles. He's probably one of the best centers of all time. Anyway, um, today's episode, or this episode, we'll say, is kind of a follow-up to my last one, uh, episode number 61, where I stated that it was time, maybe it was time to pivot. Um, this episode here is more about kind of how the trying times in your life, um, kind of forces you into really uncomfortable spots, uncomfortable positions. So, uh, when I did that last episode, episode number 61, that was July 24th, um, and that was the day I actually got fired from my job. Um, I've never been fired before. Um, not going to really get into it too much, uh, other than, um, I'll always disagree with the reasoning. Um, it was, uh, I'll just say it was a cowardly thing to do. Um, but again, um, what doesn't really, I guess what's that saying? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I don't really know if that's the case for this thing, but the reason I'm making this is about two weeks after, uh, maybe three weeks after, uh, I got fired from my job. And by the way, I've never been fired before in my life. And, uh, it was almost 25 day or 25 years, uh, almost to the day, uh, when I got my working papers, uh, walking out of high school at the age of 14, um, that I was fired. And again, you know, things happen, you know, business is business. I do understand that part, but, um, I'm also a person of, of, of integrity. Um, I've made questionable decisions in my life. Um, but as far as business goes, I've always, you know, I grew up, I think I've mentioned this about mentors in the past, but I've always grown up in a, in a certain mindset of, um, you're making sure that you, you know, it, when you're in a leadership position, you do the right thing. And, all I can say is that I rest my head very easily at night, and um, you know, thankfully, I've I'm, I'm in with another uh, another company, a completely different company, which again is great. Um, but anyway, so <clears throat> sorry, the allergies are pretty bad today. So about three weeks later, um, we went to I went to a wedding for my cousin. Uh, my, it was my dad's side of the family. Now my dad's been, uh, gone for probably 19 years now. It's coming up on 20 years uh, next year. Excuse me. And, um, so we went to this wedding. It was fantastic. It was great. It was right on the water in New Jersey and we had a great time. And, um, so the first song that, uh, my cousin and her new husband, uh, were, were dancing to, uh, about halfway through, they said, grab someone and come up on a dance floor. So I grabbed my mom's hand. It just, I don't know why it came to me or not, but I did. And she and I went out, we danced um, for probably, you know, like three minutes, maybe maybe two minutes. It might have been a minute, but it seemed like forever. And one of um, my uncle's 
I guess my uncle's sister. So she wouldn't be an aunt to me, but she would be, I guess, my uncle's sister. Yeah, so anyway, however you figure that out. Uh, she took a video of it. I had no idea. So um, anyway, we have a great time at the wedding, you know, cutting a rug, all that other kind of stuff. Uh, my mom got to spend time with all of my cousins, my aunts and uncles, all the friends. Like, it was just a great, great event, and we all had an amazing time. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think I sat down the entire night. But um, we drive home, and um, everything's great. My mom's talking, you know, hey, you know, what a great time. I was so happy to see everyone and, and whatnot. And um, the following morning, I woke up, and I had probably six or eight, maybe even 10 missed phone calls from my mom and from my sister. And, um, oddly enough, my phone didn't ring, which I have it on, um, ring for them. But anyway, so my mom had a heart attack. Uh, she got to the hospital. It was great. Everything was fine. Uh, she called 911, got to the hospital. Now keep in mind, my mom is the kind of person who, when she called 911, she said, do not show up with lights on. Do not show up with your sirens on. If you do, I'm going right back in the house. So she was sitting on the, you know, sitting on the steps waiting for them because she knew something was wrong. Um, so she gets to the hospital, a great, fantastic hospital here in the Philadelphia area. And uh, they said, you know, she had a heart attack. Um, but they found that she had uh, three blockages. <clears throat> uh, one of them being in, they call it the Widowmaker spot. I guess this is the top of the heart chamber or something. I don't know. I, I tried to look into it, but then I, I couldn't. So anyway... Um, go down, see her. She's great, normal mom, you know, doing her thing. And, um, Monday, so that was Sunday morning, Monday. Um, I went down again to see her. Um, all her grandkids were there when I walked in, which was fantastic. And she was really happy to see them. And, um, so they said they were going to have to have to do an open heart surgery on her. So again, I'm, I'm getting the story out for context. So, um, they said, yep, we're going to send you home. So I think it was Tuesday, Tuesday, they sent her home, maybe Wednesday. I can't remember the day, but, um, I went and picked her up from the hospital and, um, I mean, she jumped in my truck and I don't have a huge truck, but it's, it's big enough. And she jumped into it and she said, Hey, get me home. I want to go home. I want to get my clothes, whatever. And she said, she just wanted to be at home. I said, okay, so get her home. We had a great conversation. And, and mind you, that entire week was just fantastic. I mean, she was busting shoes. She was, you know, my sister and I go back and forth about who was, who's her favorite and all that. But, um, and she played into it, which was great. So uh, get her home. And I said, hey, what do you need? And she said, I want some water. I, she wanted a case of water because she drank a ton of water, but she wouldn't drink out of the tap, which I don't understand why. That's why I feel like I'm so big. Um. I guess she got bougie as she got older. Um, from a generation that used to drink out of the drink out of the hose. So anyway, uh, get her home, and um, she came in, did her thing, and uh, I went and got all her medications for her that she had, and got the case of water. Came back, hung out with her for a little bit, and uh, now mind you, all along I'm talking to her about you know how inadequate I felt because I got fired from a job and all that. And, you know, as, as a parent myself, I, you know, you always want to build your kids up and it was kind of a tough spot for me. And, and it was, you know, that was a, a trying time for me. And 
trying to understand and try to put it all together to have it make sense. It doesn't make sense. It'll never make sense. And those people who were involved with that understand too, uh, that it was not the right thing to do, but whatever. Um, still a great company, just, uh, you know, questionable, uh, whatever. So, uh, get her home and she had a, uh, she said, you know, she was going to have the surgery. Everything was good. And so, uh, my daughter took her to get her haircut because she couldn't drive. She was afraid to drive, you know, just in case something happened. So she went and got her haircut because she said she had to look over the surgeons. Now keep in mind, my mom was a nurse. So she was always all about making sure that the nurses and the doctors had everything they needed. Went and got her haircut. Um, you know, we, I think we all came up Thursday night. We were hanging out and, uh, or went to her house Thursday night and we're hanging out. And Friday morning, I got up and took her down to uh, another hospital where they were going to do the surgery. She had to have some kind of ultrasound done on something. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, but... Whatever the case was, we, we had a great day and, uh, you know, it was, it was a really good day. And, um, it's funny cause you know, my mom was always one to say, Hey, do you want to get something to eat? And that was like her thing. Like whenever you're out, it doesn't mean you could have ate 15 minutes ago. She's like, yeah, let's stop somewhere and grab something to eat. So we're walking through the hospital and she says, Hey, you want to grab something to eat? I was like, well, if, you know, if you're hungry, I'll eat. She's like, no, nah, I'm not going to eat. She's like, but you, know, you should probably eat. I was like, ah. I said, mom, I think there's better places for me to eat than this hospital. So although their food is really good. So we, uh, you know, we're walking through the, um, through the hospital and, um, we had to pay for parking and it was like, I don't know, it was like $2 and she goes, wait. And she starts flirting with this guy, this older gentleman who was helping people at, it was like a self-service, like you put your parking ticket in and then you pay for it. Um, and she was so proud of herself because she got the senior discount, which was like a dollar off. So it was like a dollar instead of $2. But you know, that was my mom always looking, looking for a bargain. Uh, so there we go, you know, walking through the parking garage, she's just bebopping along, you know, telling jokes, cracking jokes, um, saying, you know, how she can't wait to have this done and how she couldn't wait to take a shower and all this other kind of stuff. And she actually said to me, um, that she was going to be around for a long time, uh, to torture my sister and I, which that was something that we, we always looked forward to. So anyway, get in the, uh, get back, get in the truck, drive home. I drop her off and um, I was like, what do you need to do? She's like, I'm a little tired. I want to lay down because she, uh, I believe she had to sleep sitting up. I don't think she could have laid down. But um, yeah, so that was Friday, uh, the following Friday. So I don't know what, I guess that was the 11th of August. And uh, yeah, so I was, again, didn't have a job. So, you know, that's the one silver lining there uh, for, for the job thing that I was able to actually take her around and do her thing. And, uh, so in the meantime, she should have been camping with her friends and, and I'll get to the friends part as well. But so she was good to go. Uh, had to, had the test on on Friday. Uh, we were set up for, I think like an 11 o'clock or one o'clock meeting with the surgeon on a Monday to get, you know, to get her uh, in and have the surgery. And, um, by the way, they said that the, uh, they wouldn't even have done the surgery if she was like an older inactive person, but like she, she would camp, she would go, you know, with her friends, she would go on cruises. She was just in Aruba, I think for a week. I mean, 
it's just crazy. So long story short, um, I drop her off Friday and she called me around four o'clock and she goes, Hey, I got a, uh, an edible arrangement. Uh, she's like, but there's like citrus stuff in there and I can't eat it. I was like, okay. So we'll stop by and grab it. And I said, okay, you know, I'll do that. Well, I was out, um, and Friday night, it was around nine o'clock when I was on my way home and I was thinking to myself, you know, she's probably sleeping or she's probably tired. I don't want to go get her all wound up. So I was like, I'll just get it from her tomorrow when I go see her. So that was Friday night, the 11th, uh, Saturday morning, I was woken up by a call from one of her friends, one of the people that she goes camping with, by the way, uh, they are absolute angels, these people, all of them. So I'll get into that as well. But I got a phone call and they're like, Hey man, look, you know, we've been trying to call your mom and every morning she would send us a, a text message or something saying, Hey, good morning. I wish I was there. They're like, she's not answering the phone and she's not answering text messages. So I called my sister and I was like, Hey, look, I'm going to run up and see mom real quick. Um, and it's probably like a, probably like a 15 minute ride, maybe 20 minute ride. Um, so I walked outside and you know, I didn't, I didn't have a great feeling. Uh, you kind of get that feeling in your, in the pit of your stomach. So I look outside, I walk outside, I look up in the sky and I'm like, you know, just let me get through this. You know, hopefully, you know, her phone, like she always jacked her phone up. Like she would think everyone's blocking her, but she put everyone on silent, which I don't understand. So get my truck. It was a beautiful day. I put my windows down, turn the music up and I jump on the highway. I got, I actually got to her house in probably like seven or eight minutes. And I walk in the door and I said, Hey, I said, uh, mom, you good? What's going on? And I walk in and, um, I, again, not to get too graphic, but I, I found her, she had passed, uh, she was on the floor. Um, and that was a, that was a shocker for me. That was a, I mean, that was, I mean, you see your, your mom or really anyone. Um, but like, you know, the day before, so full of life and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So again, the story is the story because I want to share it. It's, it's, it's actually helping me. It's, it's kind of therapeutic because I really miss her. I know a lot of people do. Um, and she would want me to tell like some really cool stuff. You know, obviously this is the hard part is talking about this. Um, but Um, what I can say is that, um, her passing was for all intensive purposes, I'm a silver lining and we, we've had a, we've talked about this forever in my family. My dad was sick for the majority of my life. So we always talked about, you know, a way that we would, you know, I not really want to go, but like, we don't want to suffer. So, uh, from what everything was and everything showed and and everyone that I had talked to the doctors that it was super fast. Um, so there's that silver lining. And my mom always told us, you know, find a silver lining and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, so that's that. So my mom passed away on August 12th and, uh, it was a tough day, very tough day. Um, you know, everyone came to the house, uh, and the police here, um, were fantastic. They were great. The, uh, the funeral home was great. Now, mind you, my mom knew everybody, every, when I tell you she knew everyone, I had no idea, but those trying times, 
you know, there's, there's always something that comes out of trying times. And I hope that there's some good that, that comes out of this for anyone who's listening. We go through the process of, you know, handling the business, right? My sister and I automatically, we go right into business mode. It's like, you know, how do we do this? And unfortunately, we, we, we know about this. We had to help with my dad and, um, you know, my aunt and my other aunt and like all kind of crazy stuff. So, you know, we handled a lot of stuff beforehand. Um, you know, my mom just didn't want there to be any drama or anything around it. So, um, we handled a lot of that stuff, but you know, everyone was so good about it and it was a shock to everyone and it's still shocking to everyone. And my mom always said, be sad for a little bit. You'd be sad for, and she would always kind of hold her fingers up. Like if you're saying just a little bit, she'd say, be sad for that long. And she said, you know, then remember all of the fantastic, amazing, fun things that we did. And let me tell you, my mom was a ball buster that she just was. And, you know, sometimes she took it a little too far. And I think that's where I get it from. Um, my sister's kind of more like my dad, where she's like, you know, not really a ball buster. She just wants everyone to be happy. Um, but my mom was very happy. And, you know, the trying times that we had in front of us were actually made really a lot better. I can't say easy, but they were made a lot better by my mom's friend group. Shout out to the Dirty Dozen. Um, and, you know, her other friends. Uh, so we go through this whole, you know, this whole process. And the following week, we end up having the service. And there was probably 800 to 1,000 people that came through. Um, people as far as Pittsburgh. Now, we live right outside of Philadelphia, so that's a six-hour drive. And when I was talking to the people who came, it ended up taking them probably closer to like eight. Because there's, you know, the Pennsylvania Turnpike most expensive highway in the world, just, and that's literal. you can look it up if you want, that's a fact, um, they came, there were people who came from Virginia, there were people I've never met in my life, uh, people I haven't seen in, in, you know, 30 years or more, probably more, probably 35 years, and, um, my mom made a huge difference in people's lives, like, I, I can't, I hope that everyone, recognizes that about their parents if you're listening to this because I saw it firsthand but it was just normal to me um there were people that came to the service that I remember specifically one person came in and said I know your mom from Redner's and that's a that's a local food uh local food um market like a food store grocery store and I was like, my, I said, my mom never worked at Redner's. And she said, no, I met her several years ago. And they were just walking down the same aisle. And my mom always chatted everyone up. She always, you know, she would always, she could make friends with anybody. And they would meet up there, you know, every once in a while. And they became friends on Facebook. And like my mom lived for Facebook. She just loved seeing pictures of everyone. And it was a double-edged sword for for us and the family. But um, yeah, people came from all over the place. Uh not to get too deep in the story, but like there was a, a local guy uh, who knew my mom. My mom was involved in everything. She was involved in the in the Parks and Rec, civil service. She was involved with you know the voting people. I don't even know all the. It's probably all the same thing, but she was involved in the firehouse as a lady auxiliary person. And 
she just really knew how to make people feel good. Now, I didn't really understand all that. I didn't recognize it until several hundred people came through and they would say, like either before or after they would reach out to me or my sister, and they would just say that my mom would just send them a card just saying thinking of you. And like it got to them in a perfect point in their life where like they were either down or they had something going on or something just didn't feel right or seem right. But like that's the that's like the legacy of my mom. Like she just did these things out of the goodness of her heart. So, you know, when I hear that kind of stuff, like it, my mom was just I mean, I don't want to say she was just my mom, but she did like all the things that, you know, moms do. But I didn't realize that, you know, she lived like this life of like servantship. I don't know if that's the right word or if that even is a word. But she lived a life like pleasing other people and making other people feel good about themselves and about any kind of situation they had going on. That speaks volumes. So the reason I say that is because my dad was sick for the majority of my life. And when I say sick, he was in and out of the hospital. I think he was, you know, he was clinically dead several times. Um, and, you know, he, they kept bringing him back. And, you know, he ended up living probably 10 years longer than what he, well, I guess what they had said he would. Uh, and they were pretty quality years, uh, pretty quality years. But um, anyway, I, I wondered, and I've said this to a few people, I wondered if my mom lived a life that was fulfilling to her because she was always taking care of him. When I tell you always taking care of him, I mean, she missed a lot of stuff because he was either not able to go uh, or he wasn't willing to go because he didn't, he didn't feel great. Um, You name it. Like there was all kinds of stuff. But then I look back at some of the pictures and again, uh, my mom's friend group were some of the most wild people I've ever known in my life. And we kind of think of our parents like, yeah, they don't, you know, they don't do like my mom and her friends were wild. I wish that I could have hung out with them like all together. I probably had the opportunity, but I didn't cause I was probably a jerk at that time. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I often wondered whether she lived a fulfilled life. And because she was always taking care of my dad or she was taking care of, you know, somebody, me and my sister, my kids, um, my nephew, um, you know, her, obviously her grandkids and anyone else, any of her friends that were ill or needed help or I always wondered why she would be always, she always said she would be gas assing, right? So that just means she would get in her car and just go until she was done. She'd be at the grocery store. She'd be making food for people. She'd be doing all this crazy stuff. And I was like, mom, I was like, why are you doing this? She's like, just leave me be. It makes me happy. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand it. And I don't necessarily, I think I'm, I have some of that, but I'm not built like my mom. I'm not even going to say I'm built like my mom. Um, I'm not selfish, but I'm probably selfish. I don't know. So anyway, um, after hearing these stories, she would, she would call them, um, she would call people out of the blue. She would just think about them. And then going through her stuff, um, she had, I mean, she had notebooks just full of people 
and their names and that she would pray for them. Like, I'm talking like hundreds of people. She had prayer cards. Um, you know, uh, I guess they're prayer cards from like when people pass away and, and you get them at, at, at the funeral or the service. She had hundreds of them. Like her day was probably consumed or her week was consumed with praying. And I didn't realize how religious my mom was. She never forced it on anybody, but she prayed every single day, several times a day. And I had no idea, honestly. I I really didn't. I knew she was big into certain things, but I didn't really know how in-depth it was. So anyway, she would send cards to people and... You know, she was a lot of fun to be around. So the trying times of, of all of that, um, and still, it still hurts. I'm not going to lie. And I want to call her all the time. But my question to myself was, did she live a good life? Did she live a life the way she wanted to? Because she didn't travel for years. You know, my, I mean, my dad never saw anything outside the U.S. Uh, I don't think, my dad was a huge swimmer like he loved the water more than anything my sister gets that from him Um, I I like it too but my mom was like the anti-person she just liked the she liked the mountains but she always went to the beach with us so I asked myself and I asked several people like hey do you think my mom had a good life and then after all those people came through and were like hey man like your mom was special there were people wrote Articles about her, I guess it would be called like, I guess it's like the new way of the newspaper, but um, in the town, the neighboring town um, where I grew up, uh, wrote a really, really nice piece about my mom, about how they remember her at the park and how she may at the, at, when I say the park, it's, it's uh, where our park and rec was, um, and also about, you know, how she worked at the local doctor's office. And then, you know, that was when she ended her career working. I guess when she ended working, she worked for a doctor. And then before that, she worked at like a deli, which was right down the street. And people remember her from that. And then, you know, her working. My mom was my mom was 72 when she passed. And till, I mean, she was always saying, oh, I have to go help with the senior citizens. Uh, breakfast or dinner or something like that at the local firehouse. And she's like, you know, I got to go. I got to go with the old people. I'm like, mom, I was like, you're a senior citizen now. She's like, shut your mouth. And which again, it's just one of them funny things. So anyway, again, I keep kind of getting a little bit off track, but I, I questioned whether she lived a good life. And my mom lived the exact life she wanted to live. And that's that silver lining for me. Because I wondered about that. All the time. You know, is she doing something she loves? Is she missing out on a bunch of stuff? Is, I don't know, is there something crazy she wants to do? I mean, she did a lot of crazy stuff, I'm not going to lie. And she got to go to Alaska. She got to go to Aruba. She loved the Dominican Republic. She loved, you know, just going places that were, you know, I'll be honest with you. I think she liked going for the sites, but I think she really liked going for the food. Anyone who knows my mom, like she would come home 30 pounds heavier. I, I'm not even joking. She would say she ate the entire time and she had a couple drinks and, you know, she, she really took care of everyone else. And that was her thing. Like she loved to, you know, she was the life of the party. Christmas time we did, anyone who knows those saran wrap balls, you would have, 
you know, the saran wrap with prizes in it and you'd have to wear oven mitts. And it was a drag for me because like, I know I don't really like that stuff, but everyone else had a great time. And, um, so yeah, so, so trying times and it's again, it's still not easy. Um, I still want to call her like all the time. Um, still have text messages from her. Um, I got, I don't know if the text messages, um, I think one of them, one of the last ones was, um, about how either me or my sister were the best. She would always say I was her favorite son and my sister was her favorite daughter, but we all know that her grandkids ruled the roost with her. So yeah, so trying time. So, um, still trying to find my way out. Um, I've, Really, really good people around me. Really, really good people. Um, but there's some things I'm like, man, I wish you know she was here. Like I had, my daughter had a, a cheer competition. Um, well, I'm, I'm recording this now. It was so it was last night, from the time I'm recording this, and you know, I was in the shower getting ready to go, and I'm thinking to myself, I gotta you know just try to convince my mom to go because she would go sometimes and then she wouldn't, and then. When she did, and she was like, oh, no one invited me. So, yeah, we had that too. But um, when I got my... All right, so I apologize. I uh, actually got a phone call uh, right as I was talking, and I didn't realize that this was not recording. So, anyway, I want to try to get right back into where I was at. So, anyway, I was just talking about my daughter having a cheer competition. Um, <laughs> and uh, oddly enough... Uh, we feel like my mom was there. So my mom had certain things uh, that she would talk about that were amazingly funny, hilarious. And, you know, those of you who knew her um, again, and I hope I'm conveying how incredible of a woman and, and, and a person and, and more so than anything like a human being she was. So anyway, my daughter had her cheer competition and, yeah, you know, I I thought about her the entire time. My sister showed up, was great, and um, by the way, my daughter and her cheer team absolutely crushed it. I'm just gonna say this: they got robbed uh, on the uh, on the scoring. But anyway, uh, it was first one of the year. So at the end of the, uh, actually no, in the middle of it, um, my other daughter sends me a text and says, "I, I'm not. I'm gonna paraphrase it uh, because it's uh, it's something." inappropriate I think that my mom <laughs> would would uh not want broadcast uh really loud but it was it's just something funny it's like an inside joke but my oldest daughter sends me a text and she said um I think my mom's here um take a look at this and uh so then you know I I had a laugh and uh it was it was kind of a special moment so anyway after the um after the competition, I went down on the floor, down on the competition floor, and saw my daughter, and uh, who was competing, and and I said, "Hey," I said, "Look at this text," and she said, "Oh yeah," she goes, "My mom was definitely here today," and like it was just a big smile that we all had at the moment, and um, it was a it was a really funny funny moment because we can only imagine, um, kind of what the words would be that would come out of her mouth, but anyway. You know, I, I think I've gotten a little long-winded, and and it's weird because it's like a couple of days. I just listened to the first part of this, and and uh, kind of put me right back in the spot and headspace where I was before. But you know, 
I wanted to call. I wanted to call her. I wanted to call my mom and say, hey, mom, I got a new job. Um, because she told me, again, I, I can't remember if it was if I talked about it already or if not. Uh, if I did already, I apologize. But she told me, she said, hey, you know, I know something good's going to happen to you. I know something really good as far as your career goes is going to happen. You work hard and, you know, all that other kind of stuff. So um, obviously I wanted to call her and wanted to let her know. Again, I have really good people I can call and let know. Um, and, uh, you know, my immediate family has just been amazingly supportive and, and that's been great. So um, I guess what I really want to say is, you know, with, with all the craziness in the world and all the nonsense and, you know, you can you can easily find bad stuff. But sometimes you got to look uh, a little bit deeper to find that really, really good stuff. I will say this. I miss my mom a lot, and uh, I know a lot of other people do too. Um, I hope that if you have someone that you can, you know, reach out to, or you know, a mom and your dad, your mom, your mom, your mom, your dad, a sibling, a cousin, you know, a friend that you've had that you haven't talked to in years, you may reach out to him. Take a little lesson from PK's book. She, uh, yeah, she broke the mold, I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of things during the course of the day that makes me think of her. Um, I text my, text my sister once in a while and say, you know, I really miss mom and, and that's hard, but you know, she makes things better. Um, but look at the end of the day, you know, you have a beginning date and an end date. And sometimes it can seem like something's really big and it isn't, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you've had a disagreement, you've had an argument. That sounds like something out of a rap song. Uh, I, now I have that rap, now I have that song in my head. Anyway, um, again, the bumbling uh, Yeti here, that's what you get. So, yeah, I miss her a lot and, you know, it's... It's just, I, it's a hole that will never, ever be filled. But what I can do is I can take all the good things, like I said, that she, you know, she said uh, to do and, and to pe- treat people kindly. Now, now, mind you, my mom had uh, her ways of making everyone feel comfortable. Um, and, you know, from from my perspective and from my sister's perspective, she used to you know, she would say anything it took to make you feel good. And, uh, you know, for me, it would even be, you know, talking, talking about my sister or talking to my sister about me and, um, you know, just really pointing out the good things that, that we had going on. She cared deeply for everyone. Like she was a great humanitarian. You know, she was a nurse. I stated that earlier, I think. Um, but take some time out of your day. Call someone. Tell them you love them. Tell them, just tell them you're thinking about them or, you know, go old school and send them a letter, uh, a letter, send them a card or anything like that. Um, maybe a voice memo so they can hear your voice. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird dynamic. We're coming up on the holiday season and who knows how that's going to feel for the first time. Uh, I'm sure it's going to suck every time. I feel like the first time is going to be a little bit more rough, but 
again, the people around me, I know I can depend on them. Um, and you know, we'll get through it. Like we get through everything else. Like I said, she told us to be sad for a little bit. Um, and then be happy and remember all the really good stuff. So anyhow, that's, uh, that's how it goes. And, you know, it's been a rough, a rough few months for me. Um, but it, you know, I'll come out good. I'm good now. Um, and she saw it. Uh, so anyway, I appreciate everyone listening. I hope you got something out of this. Just know that, you know, take a look at people, you know, it's, there's a lot more than just what's on the surface. And my mom did all of these things. I mean, she was my mom. I didn't know she would pray for people every day. I didn't know she would send cards to people. I had no idea. She did it for herself and for those other people. She didn't do it for recognition. Like you see today, like, oh, I bought this family, you know, food or like no one, like my mom never did that. My mom fed countless people. I, you know, I used to get frustrated because I would see and hear her talk about, oh, I, I, I made this for this person or I made that for that person. Or, you know, I was a giant and I had an extra turkey. So uh, giant, again, that's just a food market around here. Um, she would say, oh, you know, I, I, I had an extra turkey, you know, coupon or whatever it is. And she would get it and she would go give it to a food bank or a church or something. And, you know, reflecting back, she did all this in plain sight, but she never once ever, ever bragged about it. Not one time. And that to me is probably the most impressive thing about my mom. She did everything with zero expectations. Zero. I think except when it came to me and my sister and my, and my and, and her grandkids. She always wanted to see us more. And, you know, I, I wish now. I wish now that we would have made more time for her. Um, but we spent a lot of really good time, a lot of really good years. And she had the best relationship with her grandkids. Although they didn't really see her as much uh, as she would like. And probably even as much as they would like. But, you know, kids are busy and she did understand that. So, Take a few little bits and pieces here uh, if you'd like. And if not, um, my mom would just say, I'll pray for you <laughs> if uh, if you have no interest in this. But again, I appreciate everyone who does listen to this. And, and this has been really helpful for me. Um, it's still super fresh. Uh, it's It's hard. And... I would hope that anyone who listens to this and hears the sadness, I I wouldn't say pain, but it's probably more sadness and maybe even some frustration that you take it as a, I guess kind of take it as a, as a note and just say, maybe I should call that buddy that I haven't talked to in, in 10 or 15 years. It really made an impact on my life. Or maybe I should call my mom or maybe I, I, I'm not going to just keep talking about your mom, but everyone has someone out there that's special to them. I have a really solid, solid core group of people that, you know, I can reach out to at any time. And I think I've talked about this, about friends and, and kind of what friends mean. And, you know, when you start talking about these things, people come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, look, man, if you need anything, let me know. I mean, there are, there are people, um, 
that have inspired me to do things that I've only met a few times, but you know, I, I, I talk to them a lot. I'll either text or whatever. Um, it's just something that came across. So anyway, I keep talking about the same thing over and over. I just want to thank everyone. Um, give someone that you love a hug and, you know, maybe squeeze them a little bit. And when you do that, the, maybe they'll, you know, they'll get a little bit of a, this person really cares about me vibe. So anyway, this is John at the bumbling Yeti episode number 62. This was all about my mom, PK. She, uh, she's a fucking legend. That's what I'm going to say. So, um, thanks for listening. Uh, I love you, mom and, uh, PK forever. See everybody. You've been listening to the Bumbling Yeti Podcast. Have an idea for a future show or guest? Hit us up on our socials at the Bumbling Yeti or email at the Bumbling Yeti at gmail.com.